0: Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome to episode three of This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern, and once again, I have my wonderful friend Crystal Wright with me. Hi, Crystal. Thanks for being here again.
1: Hi, Carrie
0: so we have been in psalm 27 the past two weeks and we decided together that we needed one more week in psalm 27 because verse 14 the very last verse of the chapter is so impactful and verse 14 of psalm 27 says wait patiently for the lord be brave and courageous yes wait patiently for the lord So the first thing that we need to remember, Crystal, as we look at this verse and meditate on it is, again, the context. And the last two weeks, we've looked at the fact that King David was surrounded by an army backed by King Saul who wanted to take his life. And so David is literally fleeing for his life. And in the middle of that, he has made the declaration that above all else, he's going to seek God's face. He's going to ask God to make himself real. He wants an intimate relationship with him. And he has made this declaration. That is going to be the one thing that he sets his gaze on, that he makes his life about, is living in God's presence, knowing who he is, and meditating on his word. And so as we've gone through this chapter the last two weeks, we can see him preaching at himself, and his conclusion here i believe having studied this from the hebrew i believe he's actually admonishing himself not an audience he's admonishing himself saying hey david wait on the lord now this word wait kind of has a negative connotation in our society it's it's a very passive picture oftentimes we feel pathetic when we wait <laughs> because we're not doing anything mm-hmm. But if you were to look at this word in the Hebrew, kava, it's actually a very active stance. It's, it's literally to hope in, to be gathered in, to wait patiently and expectantly on God. So when I look at this word kava, wait, in the Hebrew, I'm immediately thrown back to the illustration that you gave last week. A beautiful picture of the children in India when you would have prayer time they're holding up their hands mm-hmm. and they're expecting God to answer they're expecting God to show up to care about them and to put his presence to put whatever he has for them that day in their hands in a spiritual sense I'm off I'm also thrown back to the the picture that we talked about the first week of this podcast the opposite of waiting would be that bird in the fireplace right banging his head against the glass because he's not waiting for the rescue because he doesn't know doesn't believe that it's coming. And and Crystal, I'm going to go first today. Obviously, I want to hear how waiting has impacted your life as well. But you know, I often joke around with people that I'm an expert on waiting because I I waited (laughs) until I was 45 to meet my husband, and that was not easy. It wasn't easy to stay in a posture of of. You know, living in that desire, I, I wanted to push it down. I wanted to make it go away. I hated the desire that I had to be married, and I and I would often cry out to the Lord and I'd say, "Take away the desire, just just take away my my longing for a husband, and I'll gladly serve you. I'll, I'll 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 devote my whole life to you." But then, you know, if I'm being honest, the enemy would also come in, and, and I would get absolutely battered emotionally and spiritually. And I, I would cry out to God and I'd say, I, I've given you everything. I've given you my whole life. I live in service to you literally as a full-time minister. You can't bring me a husband? Am I, am I really <laughs> that hard to love? And it was in 45 years of singleness that God, ta- God taught me that waiting is not a pathetic passive stance. And, and, and God's goal for us is not to wait on the thing, on the person, on the job, on the financial situation, on the vacation, on the bank account. His goal for us is not that we're waiting on that thing. What I learned in 45 years of being single is that God allows these places of wait, these seasons of wait, this instruction to wait Like King David is giving to himself in verse 14, because he knows that we are like sheep that wander off. But we're in that posture of being gathered in by him, looking to him, hoping for him, expecting him to show up because we have a longing, because we have a need, because we have a desire. We're getting his goal for our lives accomplished, which is more of him. And I was just having the conversation with my husband the other day. I said to him, you know, I love you. I adore you. You are absolutely the most incredible man I have ever met in my life. And I'm <laughs> saying this going into four years. We're, we're about to hit four years of knowing each other and three years of marriage. But I said, you know, I still wouldn't change God's timeline. I wouldn't change my story because I know, Crystal, with everything in me, that if I had met my husband when I was younger, I wouldn't have the relationship with God that I do now. I wouldn't know the depth of his heart for me. I wouldn't know how passionately he loves me. I wouldn't understand his pursuit of me in the same way. So I do believe that every single one of us is waiting on something, not because God's AWOL, not because he's unkind, but because his heart is to draw us in to gather us to himself, which is what, again, this word kava in Hebrew, wait, that's what it means. God is gathering us in through those periods of waiting. So we all need to reflect. Most people don't have to wait 45 years to get (laughs) married, but they're waiting on the healing physically. They're waiting on the job. They're waiting in some area of their lives. And I think for us to wait patiently and to wait courageously, like David is asking us to do, we have to first understand why God allows the wait in the first place.
1: Yes, I am The whole time you're talking, I just, I'm thinking about all my experiences with working with women coming into recovery programs. It's usually the desperateness of their situation that gets them to walk in that front door. And I've watched this phenomenon over and over, and I can relate to it, so I'm not... I'm not drawing a, a difference between my experience and the experience of women that are coming out of addiction into recovery, but I've watched this phenomenon where they walk into the doors and it is a sanctuary. It's a place of gathering in. And I did not know that that was part of the definition of waiting, the, the Hebrew definition. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. It's really beautiful. But I would see women come in and their minds, they're ready. They've gotten clarity. They're going to get their life figured out, they're willing to do whatever it is that they need to do. And they start making this whole list of things of every area of their life, right, that's Mm going to turn around, they're going to change their health and their legal problems. And you know, their broken relationships, and they just have all this pent-up anxious energy and this need to see all these things change all at once, or you know, at least in the next five minutes, please, You know, can we get the last 25 years of havoc cleaned up? And um, I would watch this happen, and as it would happen, I would see uh, women become more and more needing to control Mm. their situation. We call it running their own program, right? Mm -hmm. They come in thinking, okay, I need help. I need change, but let's go, let's go, let's go. I got to run my own program here. Mm. And almost all the women would go through that phase until they would hit a place of surrender where it was this realization. um, And I think we, this is the part we can relate to, whether we, we relate to addiction or not. There's this realization that I am absolutely terrible about running the show of my life. I guess human beings, we just do a stupendously horrible job at (laughs) (laughs) um, running the show and running our lives. And, And it's when we hit that place where we're allowing God just to gather us in and to take the lead and start running the show and we can wait and receive and take the courage and the fact that he's the one able to do it that's what I would see that real turning point for women and I think I think we can all relate to that to a level if if we would be willing to slow down and stop hitting our head against the glass like the bird did if we would be willing just to take a moment and not need to run the show and see what God actually is able to do.
0: Absolutely. And it it goes back to what you talked about, what you shared last week about his pursuit of us. Mm -hmm. He's drawing us in. So again, we have this picture of being drawn in and we don't get to experience that if we're not waiting on him. And I, and I think that what happens when we really start studying God's word and we really start asking him, what does this passage mean in its original context and how might I apply it to my life? I, I think we're all kind of caught up in, wow, I've got some bad theology. Mm -hmm. I've actually been living for the answered prayer, instead of understanding that often I'm waiting for that answered prayer, because God's going this, this is all temporary. This is all superficial, and it's going to go away. I am preparing you to live in my presence forever. And I've actually heard people that are that are not walking with the Lord say, you know, why would I serve a God that has such a big ego, that needs so much attention? You know, God's needy, <laughs> Carrie. And I, and people have actually said that to me. And, and of course, I acknowledge that that is their perception. But I also lovingly come back with there is nothing needy and insecure about God and how he interacts with us. God knows because we were created in his image, that we will never be satisfied apart from a relationship with him. It is in our DNA. Just like I referred last week, we like Adam and Eve were created to live in the garden of his presence forever. And he allows things in our lives that keep us in a posture of waiting not because he needs attention, but because he knows when he is our focus, when we are truly worshiping him, when he has our eyes, when he has our gaze, when he has our focus, like King David is saying earlier in this Psalm, you're the one thing I'm going to seek. He knows that it's only there. We're going to be satisfied. Just yesterday, I was talking to a client who was also single. And she was saying all of the right things, Crystal. She was saying, you know, Carrie, I know that I'm still single because God's still working on me and maybe still working on my husband. But, you know, pretty soon I'll be ready, probably. Pretty soon I'll be healthy enough and that God can bring my husband into the picture. I validated her experience. I validated her perception. But then I said, sweetheart, but there's more. Mm-hmm. God's goal for us isn't a relationship. It isn't the fill in the blank of whatever it is you're waiting for. God is allowing this season of waiting in your life because he is madly in love with you. He is desperately interested in you. He is gathering you, drawing you to himself. And when you have gone into the place of a relationship with him that he created you for, all of the requests, all of the things that you're waiting for, they become put in their proper place in your life. And he asks that of us, that we would surrender, like you said, Crystal, that we would surrender ourselves to that waiting period, because it's only then and only there that we are fully satisfied in him, that we truly have the peace that Jesus Christ died to give us. And that is experiencing him here on earth Mm -hmm. to prepare us for the joy of experiencing him for all eternity in heaven. So Crystal, as you reflect on verse 14, as you reflect on waiting, being an active posture of being courageous and being confident that that God is going to show up, King David literally says, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to be courageous. And I'm going to manifest that not by a mighty army, not by slaying my enemy. I'm going to show that I'm brave and courageous by waiting on the Lord. How would you encourage our listeners to apply this verse? What what is the choice that they can make this week?
1: The choice that's been coming to my mind all week, I think it's because I really need this verse. This verse was written for people like Crystal because Mm -hmm. I am not naturally a really courageous, brave person. I feel like every step of my journey, the Lord has, in my words, put me in over my head and then helped me swim basically Mm -hmm. every stage of my life. And so I feel like these are the kinds of verses that are written for um, this girl here. And as I was reflecting on it, um, the choice that kept coming back to my mind isn't directly from this scripture, but it goes back to everything we've been talking about the past three weeks. And even back to that bird analogy. I remember you saying that first week uh, you don't speak bird because you were mm. trying to assure the bird, if you'll just calm down, I'm going to get you out of there, you know? And that stuck with me because. I think there's so many times in our lives where God will use the voice of other people to assure us of his promises. And there's people like myself that we need that. We need to have other people in our life that help speak. You know, David's speaking that admonishing himself, which is great. But then there's also that time where we need those other people in our life that also help speak that truth to us. So my choice or my encouragement for the listener would be make sure you have one other person In your life that will agree with you in this truth that will speak this to you I've been blessed to have those people in my life you being one of them but Mm -hmm. other godly women who have been willing to speak to me in those moments as well and so if you don't have someone like that be praying and asking God to bring you that person that will speak to you and say just wait God is powerful, mm. He's strong, He's in control. I'll wait here with you. We're doing this together, but let's let's speak out what is true. So
0: mm. I really appreciate find that. Find
1: that person or pray that God brings that person to you.
0: I really appreciate that. That's, that's great wisdom, Crystal. And it keeps us humble when we realize that we do need backup. We talk a lot about spiritual warfare and, and yet we don't ever really stop to consider that oftentimes it's, it's not weakness that we need our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's actually, like you're saying, it's, it's a posture of being brave and courageous to reach out and say, I need help. I need backup. Would you pray for me? That I would wait on the Lord instead of running ahead and doing my own thing. Along with that, I also want to encourage our listeners as we're talking about waiting on the Lord to go ahead and just identify. It's not hard for us, is it? We just instinctively know. We know immediately, actually, when someone says, what are you waiting for? Whether or not we're willing to admit it, that's another situation. That's another session. Mm -hmm. But this concept of, okay, what is it that you're waiting for? Are you waiting for the job? Are you waiting for the spouse? Are you waiting for, you know, more money to show up in your bank account? Are you waiting for God to heal you physically or mentally or emotionally? What is it that you're waiting for? And to hand that back to him in prayer this week and to say, God, I realize that you're allowing me to wait in this area of my life, not because you're unkind, not because you're a bully not because you're needy for my attention, but because you are drawing me to yourself. And you know that as I wait, I'm going to enter into intimacy with you. I'm going to get to know you better. I'm going to understand and receive your love for me in a deeper way than I ever could if I got everything I wanted the moment I wanted it. You know, I'm a stepmom now of two teenagers. And I have this up close, personal (laughs) front front row seat to what happens in our lives if if we get everything we want the moment we need it. Do you you give a teenager everything they ask for every time the moment they ask for it? That's a terrible idea. Because then you have entitlement and you have a spoiled child on your hands, and I think we need to pause this week and we need to say, God... You can't give me everything I want, everything I think I need, the moment I think I want or need it, because what you want for me is more of you. And you know me pretty well, God. And you know for me to receive all that you have for me in your presence. I'm gonna wait. I need to wait just a little bit longer. So God, would you help me choose to be strong and courageous this week and to not lose hope and to not lose heart and to continue waiting on you. Crystal, thank you so much for being here with me. These three weeks, I'm sure that I will have you back again. <laughs> I had fun. Thank oh, you. I really, really appreciated <laughs> you being here. And I know that our listeners did too. So I'm so passionate about this topic of waiting. I'd like to spend another week on it. So. Listener, I'd appreciate it if you would meditate on Isaiah 64, specifically verse 4. I'm going to have another very dear friend here next week. Melina Puente will be joining me. And we're going to be talking about the concept of waiting and, you know, staying here and looking at exactly how God can use the waiting, no matter how long it is. We're going to talk about that a little more. Isaiah 64, verse 4 next week. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are not absent. I thank you that you are asking us to wait, not because you're far away, unconcerned, not because you don't hear us when you when we call. I thank you that you're asking us to wait because you know that in the posture of waiting on you, you are gathering us to yourself. You are teaching us more about who you are your heart for us. And I pray that we would choose to respond to your pursuit of us in the place of wait this week. And it is in the strong and powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.